these athletes factually Haphazardly is not one part of the strategy Come Development It's all we envelop in telephone A wealth of intelligence Unless you're selfishly embellishing all of the championships Basking it in, let's study in the conferences Pac-12 and Big, 12 and the 10 SEC, ACC, win, 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 win my right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is Debbie Owner's Manual. We'll call it 2.2. This is the second episode of our second season. We are your source for building a Debbie squad and using it to build championship fo- fantasy football team. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Debbie Manual. Reach out to us and let us know how we're doing. If you have any questions, we do have one question tonight. But first, let me introduce my co-host, Mr. Pete Lawrence. Pete, how you doing, buddy? Oh, it's a it's a glorious day. It's a, a nice day. We've actually had a couple of nice days up here in the Northwest after a very rainy January where it rained almost every single day. So, yeah, isn't that what it's supposed to do up there? Though, aren't you guys supposed to get like <laughs> three hundred days of rain a year or something like that? So, it, uh, it you know usually around January, February, March, April, May, June, then then it kind of gets nice after that. <laughs> got you man all right and then we got a special co-host this is this is our special guest tonight this one this is my old my old friend man matt griffith like matt it's been too long since i talked to you buddy i had to get you on how you doing tonight bud i'm doing great man it's good to see your face again dwight good to see you in person pete finally uh doing good though man so it's it's been nice here too but we're in a drought we got the other problem uh but it's been 71 degrees so i'm not mad at that uh but no everything's good man good to be on here with you boys yeah, you're talking about a drought and all this, and I'm getting six inches of snow tonight. I'd gladly send some your way, man. Like it's this is our first, like only our second significant snow of the year, which for Michigan is it's pretty crazy to be in almost March and just looking at our second snow. So it's kind of kind of crazy. So basically, this week we wanted to get on. Um, we're gonna kind of bounce around a little bit. Uh, we're gonna talk some about the combine this week because obviously that's the huge news of the week. Uh, the combine is going on right now. They did a bunch of heights and. Heights, weights, all those measurements and everything today. So they were doing that. And I saw some pretty cool interviews, some guys being interviewed. Do you guys see that Cole McDonald interview? I was pretty impressed by him. I don't know if you guys caught that or No, I No, didn't. I missed that one. I was Yeah, I was kind of I was I've been intrigued by him, um, uh, just coming out of Hawaii, so Right, yeah, he's you know, obviously that 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 system they run down there is kind of crazy, but so he's got a good head on his shoulder and it's a pretty interesting prospect. And then Burrow pretty much came out today and said, "Hey, I will play for the Bengals." So that that made me a little bit happy. So because <laughs> it's been taunting me for the last couple of weeks, like you know, what what are they going to do? What is he is he going to drop the bomb on us? So I don't know. So it, it's it's been a, a crazy ride, and I'm ready to get through this combine and then get to the draft. So. All right, first up, I want to ask you guys, who, who do you guys think has the most to gain this week in Indy? Um, as far as the quarterbacks, Pete, you got anybody in mind that you think has a lot to gain this week? Or? Uh, you know, for me, it's going to be hearing about – it's going to be leaked. You're going to hear about Tua and the medicals. Um, I even just saw some clips of him walking down the hallway, and, you know, you're doing the, the usual where you're kind of trying to see, hey, does he have a little swagger? Is there a limp? What's going on with Tua? What are we going to hear? Just like every year, some of the medical stuff gets leaked a little bit. So, you know, just to hear positive news on it, it's going to be nice. Um, and it sounds like he's just just showed up. He's not going to do anything until his pro day, which I think is in April. Right. They think they said uh, March 8th he should be officially cleared, which is, which is crazy. 
And that's just huge news for the draft, man. So, Matt, is there anybody you're kind of you think has a lot to gain this week as far as quarterbacks? I mean, yeah, I think I think everybody's got a lot to gain outside of Burrow. To be honest, uh, you know, Jordan Love he really has a platform now to be on a national stage. Um, Jacob Eason can really put himself out there. He's got a lot of he, he's got a lot of good, strong measurables that he will be able to showcase. I mean, all the way down to Anthony Gordon, even, you know, up there in your neck of the woods. I, I, all these guys, somebody can really kind of boost their star. Jalen Hurts, I, I think they all really need this. Right. I, yeah, I didn't, even, I didn't even mention Hurts on, on the show sheet. He's one that obviously has a lot to gain. And um, I think I was listening to Saturday to Sunday today, and they were talking about how Eason, you know, should be able to show his physical traits and possibly get into the top 15 with this. And I think Herbert's got a big, huge is ahead of him too. To you know, to the team interviews are going to be important for him. So, you know, to address the maturity and all that. So, yeah, I think you're right. Everybody outside of Burrow. So, is there any running backs you think have a lot to gain this week, Matt? Or? For me, it's Cam Makers. I think you know he's been like that. You know, general RB four five amongst most folks where I think he can really boost himself up. I mean, he's a stud, he's fast, he's strong. I mean, the size is all there. Terrific stats, even with the the team and the line that he had in Florida State, which was awful. But I think he really has an argument that he could be, you know, putting up there that he could be considered in Tier 1 or this tier, tier 1 of these uh, running backs for the season. So he's got a ton of game. And then there's guys like, you know, I love Eno Benjamin um, to prove that he's not just a, a third down kind of change of pace guy weighed in way more than I think a lot of people were expecting. Um, those two guys in particular, um, but that list kind of goes on as well. There's a, I think there's, I mean, there's a bunch of talented. Keyshawn Vaughn, another one. I think he can really throw himself up there. Um, good size, speedy's going to be able to test well. So there's a handful of guys. All right. Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. Pete, what, what is your thought process? What, what do you think of Cam, man? Are you a big fan of him or? I'm a huge fan of Cam Akers. Uh, you know, really good freshman season, r- not a good sophomore season, and then came back on last year. And just like Matt said, a just terrible team, bad offensive line. You you watch any Florida State game, and Cam Akers is getting hit behind the line multiple times. It just seemed like his offensive linemen were turning. It was like a turnstile. They're just letting guys through left and right. Uh, you know, he's putting moves almost the first step he gets the ball. So it's going to be fun to see him at the combine, and I'm really going to enjoy seeing him behind a good offensive line. The biggest thing is you're going to, you're going to have to unteach a few of the bad habits where he was trying to do a little too much on that team. Uh, but any good running back coach can work with that. Uh, Savon Ahmed is one of the ones I'm really looking forward to. You know, and it's kind of this is two uh, opposite sides of the spectrum, I think. Uh, Matt talked about Eno Benjamin coming in way and more. Which has me a little bit worried because I think when we talked in uh, during the Senior Bowl, I think he weighed 190 or something, you know, low 190 range. Uh, he just weighed in at the combine about 207. So, what type of weight gain is this? Is this healthy weight? Is this going to be like Ronald Jones, where he's going to run, pull up lame? Uh, which I can tell you for a fact was due to the fact he put on a bunch of unhealthy weight, bulked up, uh, tweaked his hamstring, and looked slow. So is Eno going to look slow? What are we going to see? I like that Savon came in right about 197 pounds. So he's not going to mess around. Like, hey, I'm, I'm a fast, speedy back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blaze the 40-yard dash. And, you know, I can bulk up later on. But the key right now, the, his moneymaker is going to be showing great agility and great speed. And that's going to boost him up some draft boards. 
probably going to be a day three pick unless he just absolutely lights up the you know the combine maybe sneak in late day two I'm the same boat as you guys on Cam. I got the chance to do a lot more deep dive film on him and just love him. Uh, he's got a lot of levy on Bell to his game. He's just he's patient. He's got really good moves. I was surprised how good he was at blocking, um, picking up pass rush and things like that. I was pretty impressed. He's just a good all around guy. So another guy I want to see how he does is Zach Moss too. A guy that looks fairly good on tape. And Matt and I have talked about him in the past. You know how he's just he's got a chance to separate from the you know to get himself some draft stock and a guy I like watching but you, you you see the uh the hesitation you know to drafting him he's just not overly great at anything so I want to see his agility and speed and things like that so Peter are there any wide receivers you're really keeping an eye on this week or uh LaVisca Chenault uh you know your main guys Judy C.D. Lamb we saw Lamb and uh, Judy kind of come in just below that 200 pound threshold that people want to throw around i'm fine with how they weighed in i want to see them run fast you know they can they can get to an nfl team bulk up later if you want uh you know and at the same side you have uh chenault who was weighing in like a running back and dude is just stacked so i want to see what he does in the agility and in the 40 just just gonna be fun just watch these guys do their do their thing I'm curious to see what he does medical-wise, too, because he's had a litany of, in, of in injuries, it seems like. So it'll be key to see what he does. Matt, who are you keep? Who are you watching this week for wide receivers, man? I mean, you know me, Dwight. I like some round three, round four guys in these rookie drafts. And so I'm going to be looking more towards, like, the Michael Pittmans, um, the uh, Devin Duvernays, the Lynn Bowdens, Isaiah Hodgins, who I'm a giant fan of. Um, all these guys who I think you'll be able to attain maybe in the first part of your third round, you know, rookie draft, something like that, um, who I want to see them, you know, we know some of these guys are fast. We know, we know Duvernay is going to be fast, but, you know, what, what he looks like catching the ball, running these gauntlets, doing different things like that. So really it's a, it's a, a host of those guys later on, even like the Gabe Davises, you know what I mean, those kind of guys. So it's so a later round guys for sure, just because we, we, know, we know enough about the Judys, the Ragers, it's really landing spot now for those guys. So I don't need to see Rager run a forty. I know, you know, I know he's going to burn a burn a building up. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You know, man. I don't. He's yeah, watching him run that forty. Even he measured in at 5'10", 210 pounds, two hundred six pounds. That's if he runs that four three that they're talking. That's at that size and and what he can do. Oof, nuts. Oof. Yeah, that's a couple of the names I thought, same ones you guys did. Ryan, Brandon Ayuk is another one who I'm watching a lot of right now, and I'm kind of curious to see what he does, like as far as his agility and everything. I didn't see a, a very developed route tree. Uh, the more I've watched of him, the less impressed I've been of him, but he's still got a lot of buzz. So he's one I want to see do like the other drills, you know, other than the 40 and things like that. So Pete, we'll bounce it back to you. Is there any tight ends that you're looking for? I know there's a, it's not the greatest tight end class this year. So. Yeah, we, I mean, we've gotten spoiled for a few years. Uh, last year you had Fant, Hawk. I, I'm kind of excited about Hunter Bryan from University of Washington. Hopefully he's healthy. He's dealt with uh, some injuries. He, he um, gosh, I want to say a knee injury about two seasons ago. And even he stated recently that he just he last year he just kind of still wasn't right from it. So hopefully he's he's good and set. Uh, and then, you know, a guy who kind of fell off, and I think if you started the season, he was probably one of the top dudes, was uh, Albert Oku Abunam, 
and I think I got it right. It's just an insanely difficult name to pronounce. I even put the pronunciation in with the guide as I'm talking about him. You know, another another one of the Iowa tight ends. And was it quarterback play? What was the reason he dropped off? Um, big drop in receptions. Touchdowns were about the same. You know, that's touchdowns are touchdowns. But uh, I, I'm curious to see what he does at the combine. I think he's a very physical specimen. Uh, you know, much more of your inline type player. So I'm just gonna, I, I'm hopeful to see him uh, be healthy and just come out and, and uh, light it up. Yeah, I was trying to see what he did. I, I kind of was hoping he would have dropped some weight and maybe worked on his agility because he looked, Albert O was like the, the name going into the season. And then he just looked slow and, and just bleh, this year. So I'm kind of curious to see what he measured. And I'm drawing, a, I'm having, going through this crazy list trying to find him. Uh, Matt? Any tight ends you're watching this week, bud? I, I like the other Bryant, specifically Harrison Bryant. I was very impressed with his athleticism. Um, his He just felt like a weapon in the past game uh, most of the year. And obviously played against the, – the competition he was playing against down there at FAU is a little bit different than some of these other guys who are playing against big-name defenses and, you know, Alberto playing in SEC, things like that. But – uh, I just was really impressed with the usage, with the ability, with the uh, – once he got the ball in his hands, he felt like a receiver more so than a tight end, but he's like 6'5", 260, I think, or 255 or something like that. He's good size. So I, he's somebody that has been really intriguing to me ever since about midseason. I'm just – I would like to see this development, and I hope that he you know comes and shows out this week. Yeah, Harrison came in at 243 today. Okay. So that's pretty good, yeah. And, yeah, um, he's like a I'll- bigger receiver. Alberto came in at six foot five and a half, two hundred fifty-eight pounds. Holy smokes, that's a hoss, man. He's a big boy. So yeah, that was uh, another name getting. Al- Albert Troutman's also getting some buzz too. Mm-hmm. He's six six five, two fifty-five. He came in. I think they were saying Komet came in pretty heavy too. Yeah, six foot five and two sixty-two. So that's 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 a pretty good big boy. And they have to move the way those guys do. And to be the weapons that they are. It's pretty amazing uh, how far the game has come. It's crazy, man. So is there anybody? So we'll flip that over. Those are the ones we're really watching for. And I guess this kind of question goes in with that. I'm just going to go ahead and, and tee this up for you guys. Two guys that I really liked a lot that I think lost a lot this week now are Brian Edwards and Tyler Johnson. What do you think this does to their draft stock? I mean, I know an injury is an injury, but... Matt, what do you think this does for well, – I'll let you take Brian Edwards, man. Where, where do you have him, and what do you think this does to him? You know, I'm, See, I've been weird on Brian Edwards. I loved him uh, last season or last offseason. He was a, a buy for me. And once again, you know how I operate, man. I want to buy low and sell high. He was, he was kind of thrown to the side. I was getting him in the second, middle to late second round of Debbie drafts, and I felt like stealing. I was really happy with that. And then as the season progressed and he started to shoot back up, then he was kind of getting a little too pricey for me. Um, in a way, I mean, obviously I'm not happy about his injury. I don't like that for anybody, but I, I feel like this will kind of check his value a little bit. Um, may turn some people off. May, pe- may people will put him on their, like a do not draft list. He's still a really talented football player. Um, he, you know, not a gr- ton of great quarterback play in uh, at South Carolina. It's a bummer, though. I'd like to see you know, some of the testing, see what he can do. He's got the good frame, good size, good jump ball. I mean, I bet he was going to kill a vert, you know, different things like that. But in, in a way, I, I like that it's going to check his value a little bit because I, I was feeling like he was kind of starting to spike a little, t- or, you know, increase a little too much prior to this 
prior to the combine and then NFL draft. So this should balance it out a little bit, make it more more attainable at a, at a reasonable price later on. Right. I think I had him as high as fifth in this class at one point. And then he just kind of drifted down a little bit. And then, like you said recently, he was starting to kind of climb back up. So it kind of checks him a little bit. He's probably going to be a day three guy. And I think that's probably where Tyler Johnson will fall. Now, now we, now you got to be careful with this. We're not allowed to speak too bad about Tyler Johnson, just in case Kane, Kane somewhere is listening. Whenever someone says Tyler Johnson, he's got like an alert set that will like bring it up. So he'll, <laughs> he'll cut right to this spot of the podcast and listen to what we're saying. So Pete, tread lightly. What do you think this does for Tyler Johnson's stock, man? It's disappointing. You had the everything with the the Senior Bowl where he he didn't uh, end up doing much. I think that was injury, and now doesn't sound like he's going to do anything again. Uh, if you follow Thor Ku on Twitter, um, Thor is a great follow. I'm sure you're following him if you're listening to all this. And you know he was talking to him just in a little interview setting, and uh, Tyler's talking about how he needs to learn a lot more about the game, the nuances. And just kind of just kind of some weird talk where it was just didn't make a lot of sense for a guy who seemed like a really great producer. So I'm curious, uh, you know, kind of what's going on behind the scenes, especially maybe, you know, with whoever his agent is, maybe whoever he was working out with. He's such an interesting player, too, because like he was an analytic guy favorite and then for a while was a film guy favorite and was like checking every box for everybody. And then like Rashad Bateman shows up and then, you know. I got to watch him firsthand when they came to Fresno State, and it's Tyler Johnson came off the every time he came off the line, he looked bored. He looked like he wasn't super into it, and it's just this weird kind of spiral where not being invited to Senior Bowl, not, you know, all these different things. Like what what is happening? So I don't know. It's a it's a curious case for sure. Right, it makes you wonder what NFL people see. You know, like you know, because like you said, you see impressive things in his game, but what do the NFL scouts say? What do they see? Maybe he's just not that interested. Maybe that, like, his. I did see that interview too and thought he seemed a little. I would have liked to have seen a little more confidence, you know, a little more, a little more swagger, but not, you know, like humble swagger, I guess, if there's such a thing. Uh, it's kind of an oxymoron, but yeah, just a little bit of confidence. And he just seemed kind of dejected. So uh, I, don't, I don't know. He's, he's one of those guys that you either love or you hate, or, and there just seems to be no in between, and who knows what's going to happen. So he'll probably end up being a day three guy as well. So. I don't know, do you guys have anything else you wanted to talk about? I know that um, I said I had a, a segment on here of who's got the most to lose, and I think it's just the, a lot of the running backs on the fringe like we talked about before. You know, those guys like Eno Benjamin, Zach Moss, A.J. Dillon, Michael Warren, Anthony McFarland. Those guys are the ones that I think have a lot to gain from this process, but also a lot to lose. Like, they could easily become undrafted guys. You know, with a with a terrible combine, especially when it comes to like interviews and everything as well. Um, then you just you hear, you know, if you listen to any podcast this week and watch any news, anything about the combine, everybody's saying, you know, make sure you don't double count the combine. You know, take this with a grain of salt. You know, if you think a guy looks fast in a game, you know, but he still he runs a four six, you know, he's still fast, you know, in a game. So, you know, and or if he runs a 4-4 and you thought he was fast before, you know, obviously don't count that twice. So, I don't know. Is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about about the Combine? Any interesting stories or players that we didn't talk about? The most important story from this whole week is hands measurements, right? I mean, isn't that what everyone cares about? 
I feel like that's like always like this big emphasis, man. Even I love Burrow even trolling and rolling with it or whatever. But no, it's, it's such a great point. And it's good advice. Do not double count the draft. You hear you hear it. It's hard not to do it when next thing you know they're resharing. You know Jalen Rager's forty for the next thirteen weeks or whatever. It, you know it's just going to be one of those things. But he's fast. We know he's fast. JT is going to run good for his size. Don't all of a sudden say he's my RB one no matter what happens. Right. I mean. If you had him at two, maybe slow down your process and jump on him. But, you know, I'm, I'm really looking for the guys who are going to kind of shoot up in after this process and then kind of put that little uh, red check mark from my rankings of guys who are going to get who I think are going to be overdrafted and could just continue to push guys down the board. So um, I look forward to this week for that reason, too. If Henry Ruggs runs this four two five like we think, sell him. Please sell him. Like somebody's going to be like going gaga over him. So, yeah, if you've got him, I mean, he's a guy that I'm not super high on. He's obviously very fast, but yeah, I don't know. So, is there anything else you wanted to add to that, Peter? You know, you talked about Anthony McFarland. You just kind of—that's another name I'm I'm interested in watching. P- pretty solid weigh-in. Uh, t- I think five eight, about two oh eight. So good BMI measurements. I'm going to be curious again, is that going to be something maybe like, you know, Eno, that Ron, you know, Ronald Jones, uh, you know, did he put on some bad weight? Is this good weight? So uh, just just fun to watch. The combine's fun and you're going to have people too. They're going to poo poo on it, talking about how the combine doesn't matter, which is wrong because dudes are going to fall or rise, uh, you know, draft stock because of this, which is going to give, hey, if a guy is drafted higher, Christine Michael if he's drafted higher than we think, he's going to get more shots. If Christine Michael had been a sixth round pick, he wouldn't have hung around as long, as long as he did, you know, and Hey, if a guy falls in the draft, he's not going to get as many shots to, to come in and, and do work. So the combine is important. Um, it's not the end all. Uh, we, we talked so much about DK Metcalf last year in the three cone and look how the Seahawks used him. Yeah. They're not, they're not running him out there and having him do, you know, very route specific things, but what does he do really well? Just get open with your size. Just, he's a burner going deep cross the field. He's not doing, you know, a precise route, but within the Seahawks offense, it really fit. So, Hey, just landing spot, you know, and, and just take everything with a grain of salt. All right, real quick. I kind of wanted to, I know we talked about all, uh, almost all these names on the list already, or we brought up a couple of them. But the, the, these two classes of wide receivers are, are like, I think, particularly elite. And I absolutely am just, like, the more I watch film of all six of these guys, I think all six of these guys could be, like, legitimate wide receiver ones for, like, the next 10 years, which is impressive to come up with this many in this class. And that's not counting the outliers that will probably still make it. You know, there's other guys that could still be wide receiver ones, you know, or legitimate, you know like fantasy producing wide receivers. So I kind of just wanted to see you guys as it like just kind of go back and forth a little bit. Talk about these guys this year. We're, we're blessed to have Jerry Judy, CD lamb and Jalen Rager. Next year we get Jamar chase, Rondale Moore and Rashad Bateman. I mean, that's just crazy. I think I was listening to, I believe stick to football. And he said that they would take, he would take chase Jamar chase and Rondale Moore over Judy lamb or rager which i thought was insane you know that shows how good next year could be i was kind of curious what you guys thought like where would you guys rank if you could take these six guys and put them in one group in one draft like where how would you guys put them matt you're the guest i'll let you take the first shot at this sucker 
Man, so the hard part is is the availability, right? I mean, it's hard to not think of that. So when I think of that, I I generally want guys available now. And I believe Ray was talking the same thing that you were just saying, where it was like Chase and Moore could easily be wide receiver one in this class, or one and two in this class. And that's it's nuts. I, I love CD Lamb. I'm a giant fan of CD Lamb. I I even last night I was considering taking Rager over Judy. So Judy, not so much. So really, for me, it would go in this class: Lamb, uh, Rager, Judy. Next year is Chase, Moore, Bateman for me. Um, and followed by Justin Ross too, right? So we got that fourth leg to that. Man, I, are we talking availability as in this 20 class and 2021 class or just lump them all together, no classes involved? Lump them all together, baby. Oof. So, it's man, it's, this is just like the hotness of Jamar Chase right now, right? It's hard to not want to put him at wide receiver one. I think for me, I'd, go, I'd probably go Chase, Lamb, Rager, Moore, Bateman, no, Judy Bateman. It's crazy to think that Judy could be sixth. Yeah. Wow. I, I look at that list and, and we are, woof, man. Pete? It, it. <laughs> what do you think, man? Oh, go ahead, Matt. Like, I, No, I was just going to say, like, I, I'm so I was seriously going through my, I, I'm in a, well, I may or may not be in a league with Dwight where I have multiple firsts this year, multiple firsts next year. And I was thinking <laughs> of my strategy of how I was trying to approach this season. So it's like I'm sitting on one of them is a 104, which I think very much could be CeeDee Lamb. Then I think about it, I go, man, I got two firsts next year. One should be early, one late. I could easily grab a jamar chase next year and just kind of ride this thing out a couple older receivers so it's really like it's interesting that we have this problem right i mean it's nice (laughs) it's a good problem to have that we have such loaded receiver classes for the next two years right right now pete where would you have these six guys like as far as like dynasty assets i think i think he's i think you're right you're talking chase um next year we're going to be knocking him because obviously burrow's going to be gone you're probably going to take you know, talk about his stats are going to decrease. So we're going to nitpick on that. I'm still thinking you pick Jamar Chase right there. I agree, Rondale Moore second. We're going to, you know, tear him apart because of his height, even though he's just a physical specimen. He's one of these dudes that is squatting 600 pounds. Then C.D. Lamb for me, Rager, Bateman, Judy, probably Bateman, and. When you're talking this 2021 wide receiver class, we haven't even talked about Jalen Waddle, Seth Williams, uh, Terry out of Florida State, Devonta Wallace Smith. out of Oklahoma State, Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah, it just keeps going. Devon, yeah, Devonta Smith. So, so <laughs> I seriously think Tylen pro- Wallace will be the steal of next year's draft. Everyone will knock him because he's a senior and all this stuff, and he he's filthy. He will be the receiver you get at the, either the end of the first or early second. You're just going to be stealing. Matt, I think you're right. Why not focus running back in 2020? Because the running back class in 2021 is not as great. No. You, you probably miss out on ETN, and then everybody else is not. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have our guys, but it's not quite as much as you know. If you're at 104, 105, why not grab Acres? You know, best running back available, knowing that next year you're looking at. Chase, Moore, Bateman, you know, all those names that we just talked about. All right, yeah, man, I mean, e- yeah, ETN made a smart, smart move by going coming back. Like, I was mad at first, but I think it helped his value overall, and he, he should be a high, high pick next year. So, yeah, I mean, assuming he does good. And you guys are pretty much hit the nail on the head. It's hard for me to put those six together. I would probably go 
Chase, Rondale, Rager, Lamb, Judy, Bateman, I guess. Yeah, that's that's tough. Like, all, all six of those guys, like, I think are just going to be, like, legit the next stars of the league for, for so many years. Like, it's such an influx of good talent, so a good problem to have. Like, I, I, I love it. I, I could I feel like we could do a whole whole episode on just wide receivers that are in these two classes. Like, and we're, you guys didn't even mention Sage Surratt next year. And, like, there's just so many names that just, yeah, it's going to be fun. All right, we did have... Dwight, so do you have Rager as your wide receiver one right now? Yes. Man. Like a sliver. A sliver. I, I've been hey. listening to Ray too much, apparently. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, oh, man, just, man. I don't know. It, it's not, it just seems like the whole community is starting to come around on that. It, it, but it's a sliver, like a razor sliver to me. It's just, I, I, I still love CD so much, man. Yeah. But. Yeah, he, Ray actually has, uh, if you listen to his backgrounds, he actually just kind of drops Jalen Rager's name just over and over, just kind of subconsciously just building it up <laughs> in our minds. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, man. That, that's crazy. So, yeah, and I think there's a couple other guys, a couple other big analysts that are right on board with that, too. Who was I thinking? Curtis Patrick, I think, has him as his wide receiver mm-hmm. one, two, I believe. So, yeah, the more, I, you know, guys that I, I think are smarter than me are saying this, and I'll take their word for it, you know. I, I wish we would have seen more from Rager this year. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, it's just one of those things. Sometimes you can't, you just can't, you know, you got to do with what you got. So. We did have one really interesting in user uh, user question. Good lord, working that stupid IT background. One, at least I didn't call him a loser this time. I did that. <laughs> I did. I did that so many times, Pete. I would be like, we have one loser question, because I'd try to say listener slash user. So, anyways, all right. Did have one listener question from Ross Seguin at Seeky Boar. This is a, an amazing question. I thought because this could put a pretty good conversation. He's a startup Debbie league. He owns the 1-1, and 2-12. It's super flex tight end premium. We can only draft players who are eligible up to 2022. So that, you know, pretty well leads things pretty open. Thoughts on some targets. Also, should he use the seconds to target 2022 players versus 2021? So that's a pretty... Pretty crazy question. Okay, so we'll just start with the first round. So he says he's got the one one and the one eight. So obviously the one one is going to be a quarterback, right, guys? I mean, it's super flex. So whether you take Lawrence or Fields, that's up to you. I mean, for me, it's Lawrence. Pete, is that where you're at? Or yeah, uh, Trevor Lawrence for me. I don't think you're going to go wrong between him or Justin Fields, but I think I just slight nod towards uh, Trevor Lawrence. Right, right. And then the one oh eight, he's. I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, right now I'm looking at ADP, uh, Devi ADP from DLF, right? And Ray's been uh, holding these guys. So at the 108, you have, got, you have guys available. This is not super flex, the ADP, by the way. But 8 is Tylen Wallace, 9, Max Borgie, 10, Devonta Smith, Amon Ross St. Brown at 11, Jalen Waddle, George Pickens. There's a bunch of receivers available at the 8 spot. Um, you might even get a Najee push down in a super flex format. You got choices, man. So, I mean, Chuba, I doubt, falls to eight. Um, but with the super flex, you've got to think Lawrence and Fields go one and two or somewhere in the top three, right? So you're going to have right. some really good receiver talent pushed down to that eight spot. I wouldn't be mad at so any you, one of those guys. You could get Justin Ross even, yeah, at right. that point. So then that leads the second round. Do you, do you think they should, should target 22-22 players versus 2021? 
I, I don't think there's a need to necessarily target a year per se. If, if there's a good one available, I think you take it. You know, right. obviously the 2022 guys will probably be cheaper because people want that production right away. So I don't know if that's where you guys are thinking too, but yeah, I agree. I mean, you should be able to get a decent 2022 quarterback in the second round. Uh, 27 and 212, you're not going to get probably Sam Howell or anything like that, but he may fall that far. So there's some good 2022 guys that could fall that far. So I wouldn't necessarily say those are going to be 2022 guys, but you just kind of, you're going to play the board. Debbie, Debbie is, is crazy. Like there's going to be, we have Debbie ADP for a reason, but Debbie drafts, I, I feel like almost the rules go out the window. Like, you, you tend to take, because there's so much more risk and it's more of preference, I think is what I'm trying to say, that you will see guys take guys 15, 20 picks before yeah. ADP just because they want them. Like, they're very, very unpredictable, I think. But, I mean, you know, you got your first tier, you know, your guys that are like can't miss guys, like the guys we just talked about. After that, I think it all goes out the window. I mean, because you just, you never know what everybody's going to do. And some guys will just take the guys from the SEC because it's the only guys they hear, you know? So, yeah, I mean, you got to be very, very fluid in Debbie drafts. So, like, even more than normal drafts, I, I think. I will say, too, like, he was asking about 2022 players versus 21. If there's if there's two guys, multiple guys in the same tier for me, I'm leaning the 2021 guy. I want guys who are going to be on my roster contributing to my team faster or be trade bait faster or, you know, be more valuable somehow, some way to my team and points scored for my team. So um, I wouldn't be targeting 2022 guys specifically. If there's a 2022 guy that's a tier above a 2021 guy, I'm not reaching on the 21 guy just because I want him sooner. But if it's close and I'm ranking them closely, I will give the nod to the 21 guy, just for what that's worth. Most of them, we, we've seen them, too. 2022 guys, we really haven't seen a whole lot of yet. So, yeah, you're right. We, we've seen them. I think we can kind of guess a little better, you know, what they're going to do. So, yeah, I like it. Like it. You guys got anything else to add? Anything else you want to talk about? Any trades going on in your Debbie leagues? Any? Pete, you said you're kind of quiet right now, right? <laughs> yeah, it's been kind of quiet on most of my leagues. Uh you know, you get a couple home leagues where people are always uh, griping and complaining about action going on. Then you send out trade offers, and you ain't, you never hear anything back. And I don't know. It is what it is. I don't know any league that does that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and I'm not picky, you know. No, no, you know, it But when people are complaining about things, and uh, so you're like, yeah, hey, yeah, I'll bounce you a trade offer, man. And then you never even hear a word back. And all right, dude, whatever. Yeah, I got a question for Pete. Would you rather have? Calvin Ridley and Raheem Mostert or Julio Jones right now? Uh, that is an interesting question. Uh, I'm going to go with Julio, Damn. and that's just because I don't believe in Mostert. And, <laughs> you know, I think Calvin Ridley is going to be a stud, if, especially if Hooper leaves. You saw how much his production really jumped um, after the Hooper injury with that offense. And, I, you know, I think the San Francisco running back backfield is just – it's more of a best ball kind of thing where I don't want to have to try and decide who's going to be utilized. So what you're saying is I have to add to my offer back to Dwight. <laughs> I think you got to chip up a little bit. It, it's, it, now's it's the not time a to sell Julio, think, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, my, my team's not going to – Probably not going to win now, but it's kind of one of those teams that's floundering in the middle. You know, like it's good enough to win seven games, but not good enough to win a playoff game type of team. <laughs> so it's kind of an annoying team, but 
whatever. You know, what are you talking about? With Julio, you're, 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 if, say, like you said, you're, you're uh, maybe a 7-8 kind of win team. You're not going to win a playoff game likely. Give me, give me Ridley. And then, hey, man, throw me a draft pick. Uh, Julio Jones is probably just going to help you get to that eight, eight, uh, eight win spot, but he ain't going to get you that playoff win. You know, hey, chip me a chip me a twenty twenty one, and uh, you know, with the twenty twenty pick, and yeah, I think you got a deal right there, right? <laughs> Making me overpay now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough because I actually do believe in Mostert, but I, I understand what you mean, though. It's one of those things. I hope he he establishes himself as second behind Tevin next year, but who knows? Jarek McKinnon, dude. He's gone. That still he gone. <laughs> he gone. Who? Overpaid CJ Procise. Man, that's a good call. That's who it is. All right, Matt. Tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter. Tell us what you're working on right now, bud. Yeah, man. So at Commissioner McGriff on Twitter, you know, starting to, things starting to get hot again on there. I've had a little bit of a break, just a lot of work stuff going on for the for the better. But I'm trying to get back into the swing of things. I'm writing for DLF these days. I have a couple 2020 articles out on Donovan Peoples-Jones and Eno Benjamin. And then I did a, uh, a values, 2020 class values article about a month ago or so ago. Just guys who I think similar skill set, similar tier that you can get later on in drafts versus having to pay up for bigger name prospects. So um, check those out on DLF. That's, that's where I'm at these days. And uh, I'm really appreciative of you guys bringing me on and let me uh, come hang out with you guys for the evening. You mentioned Donovan Peoples-Jones. That is a name to watch at the Combine as well, uh, a name I did want to admit because he's a, he had that five-star pedigree, almost the top overall in his class and hasn't done squat at Michigan. So it'd be curious, if he does really well, it could kind of throw his name back on the radar. But anyways, Pete, let everybody know where they can find you, what you're working on, bud. Yeah, at underscore Pete Law on Twitter. You can find me over at DLF. i got to wrap up some uh, some work here, doing some talk about the Seahawks and uh, some more rookie talk and especially now that the combine's going really uh break down some nice clips for everybody and uh, i'll be posting those up on twitter all right sweet you can find me on t- the twitter sphere at ff people's champ and also working at dlf i'm um, working on the article about the 2022 class and just cutting up some videos and stuff just kind of you know it is a little quieter for me as well but looking forward to digesting, you know, all the combine information and yeah. And check everybody, please check out DLF where we just added a combine comparison tool where you can look at past combines and, and just more and more stuff that the analytic guys are bringing to DLF. So that's our little shameless plug for DLF. You can find this podcast at Devi manual on Twitter, and we will talk to you guys again very soon. Peace. Right, there's more. Don't forget about the Mountain West, the Mac that can flex, somebody's next, Ivy League fresh, literally though, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of players to test. I'm serious, they will talk about the most obscure players on this planet, potentially another planet. Like, dude's got a 4-3-40 from Mars, like, I don't know, I, it's too much, I'm done. I'm gone this time.